0: The text is the same. The message changes slightly because I had to return to this pulpit to tell the other part of the story. Not just how we come to the communion table, but how we leave it. I said that we'd be focusing on two uses of the Old Testament law. That first was message number one, to reveal our sin and a need for a savior. The second purpose of the law that I also need to focus on, especially in light of this text, is that the law continues to be our guide toward the right life and response to the grace that has been given to us in Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes I fear that the sad reality is That we look at sin and we say, before I became a Christian and the people who don't believe your sins are bad. They are leading you toward condemnation. They are going to be judged. They are harming you and your life. But now that we've received grace, sin is okay. By our lifestyle, we almost proclaim and sometimes almost verbally say, well, now that I believe in Jesus and have said that and have joined a church, I've got permission to sin. God will overlook my sin. He has to forgive me, and therefore it is okay if I leave this place and continue in sin. It might sound like an overstating of things, but again, I fear that that is the message that is too often proclaimed by Christians. Sin is now OK. Well, I mentioned last week that we don't know for sure what these false teachers are teaching. There is a lot of evidence in our text that that was the kind of message that they were proclaiming to the church in Ephesus. And that evidence is used in simply the language of calling them and equating them with lawless and disobedient people. Saying that they were refusing to allow the law to speak into their lives. And that's in contrast, contrast to what Paul said about how he described himself. In verse 13, saying that previously he was acting ignorantly and in unbelief. That he didn't know the true story of who Jesus was. And so he was acting out of his former convictions. But when he met the risen Savior, well, that changed everything. No longer could he be a prosecutor of the church. He must and did start to live a different life. The contrast to that is that these people whose he's referring to are in the church. They knew the law. They claimed to know what Jesus had done to forgive them of their sins. And nevertheless, even though they should know better, They went on and continued in their sin, abusing the grace of Jesus. And similar to what we focused in on last week in verses 18 and 19, Paul again charges Timothy to wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. Timothy was not like to be these false teachers. He was to continue to fight temptation, to hold true to the faith, and keep his conscience clean in a moral lifestyle. And then he talks about those that, having rejected that truth, had made shipwreck of their faith. This again suggests that they were rejecting the idea that they were needed to still live out that faith in a good conscience. That in giving in to sin repeatedly, they allowed their consciences to be seared or calloused. Where they didn't care what they were doing, things that were in clear violation of God's commandments. That seems to be exactly what these two individuals named, Hymenaeus and Alexander, were doing. And the result was that Paul said they have been handed over to Satan. If you want to live in Satan's side of things, then you are going to live for him. It's like being excommunicated or kicked out of the church. You cannot be claiming to be a Christian and yet living in clear violation of the God that you seem and claim to love. But what Paul is telling Timothy, and and by extension them and us, is that the law of God still has a role for believers. After we have come to this communion table and celebrated the fact that Jesus gave his body and his blood for the complete forgiveness of our sins, the law still applies. Not to earn our salvation, but out of gratitude for what Christ has done for us. Sin is still sin. Sin still will reap negative consequences for us, for others, and for our relationship with the Lord. And those who claim to love the Lord should do all they can to rid their lives of that sin. Our true doxology is not just words of praise, of songs, and and celebrations of grace. But it's in a lifestyle that is lived, that is changed. The gospel should have a transforming effect on the way that we live our lives and the choices that we make. Now, we won't do that perfectly, which is why we constantly need to go back to the cross and remind ourselves of how awful our sins is and the cost that it was of the body of Christ. And we must depend on the gift of the Holy Spirit to convict, to guide, to encourage, and to strengthen us in that battle. But we should never be calloused and just give up the fight like so many do. And so not only are we reminded that Christ came to this world to save sinners like you, like me, but that because we are saved, We are not free to continue in that sin, but are called in a life of humble service and obedience to God's law out of gratitude for all that he has done. And again, that's my prayer for all of us, that having partaken of, confessed our need for this sacrament, celebrated the gift of God's grace, we are now called to go and live in light of that grace, serving our Lord, fighting the good fight, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, maintaining a good conscience, so that this message of hope is not undercut by our disobedience, but it is proclaimed to a world that needs to hear it. Toward that end, let's pray. Father in heaven, having celebrated the gift of your grace, we, now are, resp- we are now reminded of the call to go and live in light of that gift. I pray that having faced our sins and with the consequences, we would repent of it. And knowing how much it cost you to bear the burden of those sins, we would fight against it in every way possible. So Lord, continue to shape us. Continue to mold us into the children you are calling us to be so that we might live in right obedience to your word and your commands. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen.